Hi, I'm Rachel Monteleone and welcome to Kittypedia, the podcast. I'm not an expert. However, I do speak with them with the view of providing you with expert information and advice to help you be the best parent that you can be. Together, let's give children the life they deserve and a positive future. Hello and welcome. Well, today's interview comes with a disclaimer on one of the most difficult topics to talk about, and that being of unintentional childhood injury. We'll also discuss the most common childhood injuries in and around the home and their prevention, along with the incredible work of KidSafe. So today we are calling on everyone watching and listening to be the one to make the change and to help keep our little ones safe and to help save kids' lives as KidSafe Victoria has launched their heartfelt The One campaign to raise awareness of childhood injury in the lead up to National KidSafe Day on Tuesday, the 24th of May, 2022. So to help uh, talk with us on this topic, we welcome our special guest, Alex Hamilton, KidSafe Relationship and Engagement Manager. Just a little bit about our fantastic guest. Uh, Alex has 10 years of experience working with bereaved families in the not-for-profit space, and she has traveled nationally and internationally speaking to audiences to passionately share her own story of courage, resilience, and hope as a bereaved mum herself. Alex is mum to two rainbow babies, Shiloh and Bodhi, and is so privileged to work with families to impact change within the community. Thank you for joining us today, Alex. How are you? Hi, Rachel. Good. Thank you so much for having me. Now, this is such a difficult topic to talk about, but such a critically important one. What are your thoughts? Oh, look, it is. And, you know, any parent to anyone who's got nieces, nephews, care, you know, caregivers of children, it's such an integral topic that we almost take for granted. Um, and like you said, you know, we never think we're going to be the one um, that anything happens to. So um, that's really been the impetus of this campaign is to ensure that that safety really is on everybody's minds. Yeah. And as you just said, you know, as parents, carers and guardians of children, really all we could ever hope or wish is that they they are happy and healthy and that they get to live their life to the fullest and just as they choose to live their life, you know, a life filled with fun adventures and exciting experiences. Of course, you know, for them to, to learn and grow through, I guess, the school that is life <laughs> with all the challenges and the achievements, I guess, the lessons and, of course, all the mistakes that come along the way. But of course, heartbreakingly, not all children have this chance. Um, as a stat, which, you know, um, I was sort of doing all of my prep for our chat today, um, I've read that every week across Australia, three children die to preventable injuries caused in and around the home. Um, and as you said before, nobody ever thinks that they are going to be the one that this will happen to. However, I guess it's, it's the reality for over 150 families each year. They're incredible stats, don't you think? You know, three three families a week. You know that is a huge stat, isn't it? That's really hard to ignore. Um, you know, imagine being one of those three families where your world actually you know gets torn apart in that moment. Yeah. Um, so you know, when we were established, you know, in 1979, we were seeing around 850 deaths a year um, from children from unintentional injury, which was is huge. Um, and over the years, due to you know the advocacy work that we've done and the research and education, we have managed to reduce those numbers greatly. To 
around that 150, but that's still 150 families a year. You know, in in Victoria last year in 2021, we saw 29 Victorian children um, killed due to un, uh, unintentional injury, but also 100,000 children admitted to emergency um, and treated there for injuries. So you know, it's not just those deaths that we're seeing that are really disturbing, but the 100,000 families that it could have lifelong effects from those injuries. Yeah, you know, if you were to ask me. Um, to, to name the place where the majority of childhood injuries occur, my general response to you would be uh, maybe on a busy road, um, yeah. in a busy neighbourhood or anywhere out in public, um, in a car park or so, things like that where lots of cars pass through every day, maybe a playground or the local park when they're likely to sort of have risky play and be jumping on and off equipment. Um, maybe even, um, of course, uh, at the beach. Um, you know, at you know when you're on your school um, school and summer holidays, and of course swimming, and then maybe a rip, but not necessarily our home. Um, so I just wanted to ask you: Is it a really common misconception that the most common location where children are injured is actually in the home? It is, isn't it? And and that's a scary thought. You know, to the the place that we consider our safe space. Is, is where our children are getting injured. Um, so, you know, we've, we've been seeing a lot of um, furniture tip-overs, um, you know, when people haven't managed to secure furniture to the wall, um, we see that. We see a lot of driveway um, deaths and injuries, um, people believing that they've got hold of the children's hands or they're secure in the home and people coming into the driveway or reversing out of the driveway. Um, you know, obviously we see, sadly, a lot of children um, we're having injuries due to button batteries. Um, button batteries, you know, there's tiny little batteries that look like lollies. Um, you know, they're in every toy, they're in remote controls, they're in our car keys, you know, with so many little yeah, things yeah. that have button batteries. And, you know, if they're not secured and children can get access to them, you know, then that can be really fatal. And of course, drownings, um, you know, toddlers can drown in, you know, such a small amount of water and it literally takes 20 seconds um, we told the story of a family recently who's they'd had a birthday party for their little one-year-old and they'd had an esky leftover that was filled with ice that they'd left in the garage, as many of us have. Um, she left the little one while she went and put the dinner on, walked outside, couldn't see him, and eventually found him submerged in the icy water of the esky. And, you know, so it's all these uncommon household items that we that we don't even think like pet bowls. You know, we've sadly seen incidences in pet bowls where children have drowned. So, um, you know, we, one thing we do have is, is a home checklist, um, which is really integral for so many people to mm -hmm. have a look at because it does highlight those areas that we might not necessarily be thinking are a hazard. Yeah. Is it true that the um, preventable injuries are the leading cause of death for Australian children from ages yeah. 1 to 14 um, yeah, and one to the leading cause of them needing to go to hospital? That's right. Yeah, like we said, you know, those stats when you've got 100,000 a year that have been admitted to, to emergency, you know, that's a huge number. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's the leading cause of us losing our, our little ones. And is it the youngest children um, aged under five who are at most risk as well? That's correct, yeah. So between zero and five, you know, 
they need so much supervision. Um, and, and sadly, you know, with, with COVID, we were all locked in our homes, like I still am. Um, you know, we, we're all working from home. We're juggling, you know, working from home and, and looking after the children. And so during those, especially the lockdown periods, we were seeing a huge amount of, of injuries and death of those zero to five years old because they weren't able to be supervised adequately or, you know, like we said before, hazards that we weren't necessarily thinking were going to be a hazard in the home. Yeah, well, when that in particular, I'd love to, for you just to, to maybe just run through what are some of the most common hazards in and around the home, maybe just to um, for us to learn and maybe just refresh our memories also. You've mentioned button ba- batteries. Yeah, so absolutely button batteries. So, you know, ensuring that all the toys that we have, um, the remote controls, um, our car keys, thermometers, anything that possibly might have a button battery in is either away from children or is secured adequately. Um, We're also seeing drownings. And like I said, so um, obviously never leaving children alone in any water. Um, That includes the bath or a shower um, and ensuring that there aren't, you know, ponds and and pools um, are cordoned off um, securely. Um, We sadly see Furniture tip overs, um, especially if you're in a rental, you might find that you know you, you you don't feel like you can attach things to the to the walls safely. Um, so it's those kind of things that we need to ensure that you know if you've got a large bookcase or if you've got a large TV cabinet, those things are absolutely secured to the to the wall. Um, and then driveway runovers. Um, some of the families that I'll talk to you about later, we've had two um, that have lost their children due to driveway runovers and. You know, if you're responsible for something like that and it's you that actually does does that act where you are reversing your, you know, one of them reversed his car into the garage thinking the little one was safely inside but it had an adjoining garage door and sadly hit the the little girl. Um, so, yeah, those are the areas that we really are seeing as, as fairly serious and, and choking as well. So, you know, small items if you've got older children and then maybe a little one um, or people visiting your home and you've got older children and they've got small children, you know, making sure that small pieces of Lego or small pieces of items um, are definitely kept out of reach. Yeah. So um, with that, there's uh, a few articles um, that we've um, been honoured enough to, to publish for KidSafe um, on Kidipedia and um, in doing my prep for the um, interview today, I, I made my own little list. I'd love to just run through them. So you've mentioned yeah. button batteries, um, loose curtains and blind cords is um, a really important one and that was something that was brought up at your 40th birthday anniversary um, for, for KidSafe a couple of years ago now, uh, pre-COVID, yeah. but I just remember that being a really big uh, point of discussion. Um, so uh, your loose curtain and blind cords are very important to ensure that they are tied up. Unsecured te- television or furniture such as drawers and bookshelves that can tip onto the child, which you mentioned. Medications, including any over-the-counter medications, paracetamol, um, household cleaners, disinfectants, all which can, of course, pose uh, as a poisoning hazard for children. Um, as you mentioned before, buckets filled with water, eskies with melted ice um, and the pet drinking bowls. Um, as well as the toddlers, unfortunately, um, can drown in as little as just a few centimetres of water, which means all of these common household items can actually pose as a drowning hazard. Uh, Of course, we've got our large bodies of water as well, baths, pools and spas, driveways you mentioned. And of course, we've got all of our burns and scolds from hot drinks um, now that we're sort of in the cooler months. Um, So any hot water from a saucepan, a kettle, jug, an urn, um, hot water bottle, 
bottle, um, any hot food, of course, is a very uh, common cause of burn injury. So, um, but thank you for to go, for going through those um, with us now. Now, of course, I just wanted to establish, we published our KidSafe article. Um, the title of that is The One. Now, for, for someone who hasn't read the article yet, can you please tell us what it's about and, of course, what inspired KidSafe to write it? Absolutely. So um, I was in a peer support group with some of our beautiful families that we work with and we were talking about statistics and how if you've got other children after you've lost a child, you know, your anxiety is definitely heightened and, you know, you, you, you always think something awful is going to happen. Sadly, that's just the reality um, of being a bereaved parent. And one of the parents said, you know, I don't care about statistics because I was that one in whatever that number was that it happened to. And we all sat there and went, you know what, you're right, because someone always has to be that one that it happens to. And so that really inspired the campaign. And I spoke with the families and, you know, they were really behind saying, yeah, you know what, we we were the one that this happened to and, and you can be the one to make the change. Um, so that's our campaign. We're running for National Kids Safe Day, as you mentioned, on 24th of May. And the families that we're working with are really bravely sharing their stories about what it means to be the one, to be the one that your life changed in a moment. You know, what can you remember about the day that you became the one and the impact of that on not only you, but your, your children and your relationships? And, and then what that means to them to be able to work with us and say, we can share this message and you know, highlights that this happens. This happens to so many families and they're just normal families like you and I that have got our children and we think we're doing everything as much as we possibly can, but we need to just be aware of certain things that we might not have considered. Yeah. Um, now, and we'll have links to all, all um, those videos and uh, those parents speaking about those experiences, but you have a lived experience yourself as a bereaved parent. Uh, can you tell us about your loved ones? Absolutely. Um, so in 2011, um, I lost my first child um, to sudden infant death syndrome. Um, so it was, you know, it's a very different experience to the families that that we work with at KidSafe. Um, but, you know, River was in his cot. He was perfectly healthy. He, he was four months old and very strong. And I walked in on the morning of the 7th of November to find that he died in his sleep. And, you know, as as a new mom, um, I certainly felt a lot of the things that our families deal with as well, which is that guilt of, oh my God, I couldn't keep my, my baby safe. I, you know, I didn't, it was taken out of my hands. I didn't, you know, there was nothing I could do to prevent this. Um, and that's one of the things that I really love about the work that we do at KidSafe is that, you know, these injuries and accidents are preventable. Um, in my case, there was sadly nothing at that time that we could have done about River passing away. But I know what it's what it means to me to be able to share my story and to be able to talk about River and and be still known as River's mum. And you know, we we talk a lot in the peer support groups about what that means to be able to say, you know, I'm still River's mum. I'm still Bella's mum. I'm still Hunter's dad. You know, it's so integral because you never stop parent parenting them, even if you know they're not here with us. Sharing our story and being able to create legacy programs, and that's one part of the ambassador program um, that we have at Kids Safe, is enabling these families to not only share their stories in this safe and supported environment, but also be able to create legacy programs if they wish. And one beautiful family that I work with, um, they lost their little boy Hunter in a drowning incident. Um, so he was on the grandfather's farm, and 
He'd been playing with the horses as he had done a million times before and the grandfather turned around just to walk back to the house thinking that Hunter was following him and looked back and Hunter had disappeared and he'd actually drowned in the dam. And this family, um, Ash Napolitano and Matt Boyle, they contacted KidSafe really soon after Hunter had passed away and said, you know, we want to stop this from happening to other children, which is just so incredible and you know they move me every day when I speak to them because they're just so passionate and driven and they've raised so much money um, to create the Hunter Boyle Children's Swim Program and with that is um, enabling children that wouldn't necessarily have access to swimming lessons to go along to the pool and and learn how to swim Um, and then to sort of manage that as well we've discovered that there's a real lack of swim teachers um, in the region so where they are in Shepparton they've also um, incorporated swim teacher scholarships so that they can expand that offering of lessons and you know that's that's why we do what we do it's so that we can make such a difference and I know for Ash and Matt you know talking about Hunter so much and ensuring that his life isn't about his death you know, it's it's he's it's bigger than that, and you know, it's he was such a special little boy, and Ash always reflects and tells me, you know, how he had a really cheeky grin and how he just lit up the room, and and she knows and feels that his legacy is to really change the lives for other people. So, um, and that's what I, all of our families do that that work with us and share their stories. So, yeah, I feel very privileged, you know, as a bereaved mum myself to be able to work with them. You know, for other parents going through similar situations, you know, family and friends obviously want to be able to support and to help. Um, in, yeah. in a lot of scenarios, um, family and friends are really unsure how and, and what to do. So I'd love to know from your perspective, you know, generally what advice do you have for family yeah. and friends of a bereaved uh, parent and how can they best support them? Sure. It's hard because as a family member or a friend, we want to fix things, don't we? We want to, you know, make it all better. And in these circumstances, you just can't do that. So, um, you know, from speaking to other bereaved parents, I know that it's like I said before, speak their child's name, always ensure that you acknowledge and and remember that child. Um, I still get birthday cards, Christmas cards with River's name on. And, you know, that means so much that they've actually considered that he's still part of my family. Um, so ensuring that, yeah, they're always acknowledged Mother's Day, Father's Day, it can be a tough, tough day. Um, even if you've got other children, you know, I've got two other children, but it doesn't mean that I still miss my third who should be here. Um, so it's always acknowledging that that third one and, and just talking, um, you know, ensuring that you still talk as normal and, you know, you're not going to upset us by remembering our children. You know, we, we, we never forget. So, you know, making sure that that they really, it's just part of your normal conversation to say, you know, I was thinking of Hunter today or, you know, I was thinking of Bella and, you know, I, I get friends that will say, oh, I saw a rainbow today and it just made me think of River or the song that we played at his funeral. I get a lot of people message me and say, oh, I heard his song today, um, which is so incredibly special. Um, and then obviously with, you know, when you people have legacy programs is to support those programs as well as much as you can. You know, the Shepherd and community where um, Ash and Matt are, have been incredible like I can't speak highly enough of them because you know between the council and some of the the lead stakeholders that we've been working with there and and top of you know um daycare centers and you know just the general community have 
donated, they've created their own fundraisers, um, and they've just been just beautiful, supportive um, network of people for that family, and, and that's really, really important. Yeah, and uh, I guess speaking about KidSafe, also the incredible work that you guys do, for those who may not know everything about KidSafe, really tell us a little bit about what who you guys are and, of course, what the purpose is of this incredible organisation. Sure. So we were established in 1979, like I mentioned before, um, we're a not-for-profit and we're entirely dedicated to the prevention of unintentional injury and death of children. Um, and that's predominantly in that zero to five, but under 14 years of age. And, and we have five key areas that we focus on. So home, road, water, play and product safety, um, which we mentioned before, you know, those the areas of injury that are happening in the home sort of are, are throughout those key areas. Um, and I guess that really our main impact is to empower parents and carers and make sure that they have that knowledge um, so that they can prevent unintentional injuries. Um, you know, when we were established, like I said, we had such a huge amount of deaths. And so now through the work that we've done and being able to educate parents and caregivers, we've greatly reduced that those numbers. Um, so if we can empower more and more parents with the amount of babies that are being born each year, so first-time parents, we want to be able to make sure that they're really across all of our areas and make sure that they can keep their kids safe as much as possible. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your role um, at KidSafe. Um, so you're the relationship and engagement manager and you lead the ambassador program, but how, um, I guess, do you bring, I guess, your lived experience into to your role to be able to help make a difference to so many families? Yeah, well, because we are 100% about prevention, but because we've really seen a need to, to say, well, we need to be there to support these families that this is happening to, and whether that be the families that have lost um, or that they've had that injury that's been impacting them, you know, we needed to make sure that we had some sort of a program that that would be able to support them. So that's my role. Um, and, and that is to support the families in sharing their stories. You know, it can be really hard, um, you know, to be put yourself on the line and say, yes, this happened. This happened to me. And, you know, I could have done something to prevent this from happening. That's a huge step for a lot of families. Um, and so we want to be able to make sure that they feel supported and do that in a way that, you know, isn't going to put them in more of a vulnerable space um, but we also like I mentioned the legacy programs so I help our families to create legacy programs um, and yeah whether that be with free fundraising efforts um, or through partnerships and, and with stakeholders in their region and then we develop this program um, which really does make a huge impact like the Hunter Boyle program is doing um, and then I also manage a peer support group so when you are around like-minded people who've had something awful beyond imaginable happen and you can talk with others and realise that, wow, that person is, you know, a year down the line when, whereas, you know, it happened to me a month ago and I don't feel like I can breathe and I'm never going to smile again. I always like to say, we're not, look, I'm 10 years, nearly 11 years down the line and I am happy and I, you know, it just, I feel like it gives them hope. And, you know, we at KidSafe really thought that that was an integral part of what we do. Um, it is absolutely about prevention, but it's also let's make sure that these people feel that they can be supported and can share the good, the bad and the ugly, which there is a lot of in, in bereavement, um, you know, whether you're having a great day and it's okay to share that you're having a great day or whether you're having a really awful day and you just need to share, how do I tell my 
sister that's pregnant that I am feeling bad. You know, you don't want it to impact on those people around you, but it does have an impact. And so, um, yeah, through our peer support group program, we um, we ensure that we that we support those families. And so, tell us a little bit about National Kids Safe Day, and um, and in particular, you know, um, anything else about what families can do to get involved. Yeah, so National Kids Safe Day is Tuesday, May 24th. Um, It's an annual day that we have really to highlight the extent and impact of childhood injury. Um, So we want to make sure that people know who we are to ensure that they know that we're out there and we're out there to support you. So if you are a new parent or a grandparent or caregiver, you know, there are heaps of resources on our website. Um, You know, that's the place that you can head and get all the information that will enable you to keep your kids safe. Um, So our campaign this year, as we mentioned, is the one. And we're asking the families that have shared their stories with us. We have a series of videos um, that we've shown on our Facebook page and our Instagram page. And so we'd love for you to jump on and share those um, messages from our families um, and also take part by we're asking people to pop the little hashtag and the number one. I think, Rachel, you've got it on your hand. Perfect. Um, So, and share that photo on your social media because there is nothing more powerful than people going, what is that about? And sharing that hashtag of be the one to make the change um, and also so kids safe. Um, You know, we know that it's everybody's responsibility to keep our children safe. And so by sharing this awareness um, and showing your hashtag and the number one, it's showing that there are statistics out there. There are those families that are the, that are the one, um, but you can be the one that stops this from happening. And so um, we're also running a donation campaign, so you can jump onto the website as well and make a donation there, which should be enables us to continue our programs and develop our resources and, um, yeah, support the families. The way you can put a hashtag one on your hand, take a photo of yourself, place it on social media with a hashtag, be the one to make the change. Um, And I will have a link through to the home safety checklist um, for everyone to be able to download. Um, It never hurts just to to just go through your home and just recheck everything as well, um, of course, and where you can um, make a donation to the incredible work of KidSafe. Well, um, this has been uh, a really insightful and heartfelt um discussion today i guess if you were to summarize the key messages for anyone watching and listening today what would they be do you think so number one is definitely to head to our website and download that home safety checklist um you know you may have a little one that's just suddenly on the move and you haven't noticed some of the hazards that are around we say it's a really great tool if you get down on your hands and knees and see it from their perspective on what's around you what can i reach what can i see um so definitely heading onto uh, onto the website and getting the home safety checklist and then also just sharing our messages and resources you know people might not know that we're out there might not know that you know they have access to this information so um that that's really important and then the third of course taking part in our campaign we'd love to see the entire community with the one on their hand um just sharing our message of of hope as well that you know we can reduce these numbers even further um with your support and we'll have links also through to some of those videos of the families that have got involved and shared their their stories as well um as hard as it is to to watch those, those videos, um, I have watched them myself and they are um, they are really emotive and very um, 
heartfelt messages of their stories, but it is very important to understand, I guess, the the, the key message and, and why KidSafe are driving this campaign. And that is, once again, to in the prevention of any unintentional childhood injuries. So we'll have links to all of those as well in the show notes. But Alex, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'll have all those links in the show notes and uh, wishing you all the very best. And, um, yes, and for everybody else, uh, National Kids Safe Day is on, as you said, the 24th of May this year, which is a Tuesday, I believe, isn't it? That's right, Tuesday the 24th of May. Awesome. Thank you, Alex, for your time today, and um, hopefully we'll have an opportunity to talk again in the not-too-distant future. Until then, take care and stay safe. See ya. Bye. Bye. I'm Rachel Monteleone, and you've been listening to Kiddiepedia, the podcast. You can have full access to Kiddiepedia by visiting our website at kiddiepedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids.